In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, and for today's recording, I'm staying here, right here at home in Prague, and my guest is calling in from California. So thank you for listening today, and a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening, wherever you may be listening from. And a welcome back to our returning listeners, and actually today, I'll be welcoming back a returning guest. But if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as uh, why Denmark has such high scores and family balance to other business issues such as data protection regulations to leadership issues and gender issues and generational management issues, as well as business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on Google Pay, Stitcher, and iTunes. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from that motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you. But if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail. But even if you don't want to be a guest, if you are in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. So on to today's episode, and we're going to talk about something very serious, something that's seriously happening, something serious that's happening across the United States as well as across Europe. In 2015, CBS News reported, according to a government study, that one in 10 adults in the workforce have either an alcohol or a drug addiction problem. In 2016, Quest Diagnostics analyzed 10 million workforce urine test results and noted an increase across the board for cocaine, marijuana, methamphetamines, meaning that employees were using more drugs. The drug testing index statistics in 2018 are constantly revealing the increase of drug use in the workplace and the ongoing threat drugs posed to the workplace productivity and safety. So in general, we can say, unfortunately, that alcohol and drug abuse is on the rise. We know alcohol has been an issue for years. Workers with alcohol problems are 2.7 times more likely than workers without drinking problems to have injury-related absences. Large target federal surveys in the U.S. show that 24% of the workers report drinking during the workday at least once in the past year. And what about drugs? Well, first, there's illegal drugs. And I read a statistic, 70% of the estimated 14.8 million Americans who use illegal drugs are employed. Now, marijuana, which is 
also not illegal in many places now, is most commonly is the most commonly used drug, followed by cocaine. But what about the new kid on the block? What about opioids? Where do they fit in to the grim picture? And that is what we're going to talk about today, the increase of opioid abuse, not only in the workplace, but also in our communities and our families. And we have an expert who studies and follows these trends. Our guest today is Mark Teitler. Mark is an advocate against alcohol and drug abuse in families, communities, and businesses. Mark grew up in a family with a deep history of substance abuse and addiction, and he and his sister succumbed to addiction. Although a successful businessman and attorney, Mark was a functioning alcoholic whose wife and kids struggled to understand the drinking and its effect. It was only when he recognized the impact of his addiction on his family and the catalyst to which was a comment by his then eight-year-old daughter, this is when he realized it and he took the steps necessary to recover. After receiving a BA degree in economics from UCLA, Mark entered both a GD, earned both JGD and an MBA from the University of San Diego. Widely known as the foremost expert in all aspects of utility management regulatory issues, Mark currently serves as co-chair on the board of directors of the Utility Conservation Coalition. He works to identify legislative opportunities and supports lobbying efforts to ensure the best interests of multifamily owners and managers and make sure they are protected. Mark joined our show in July 2017 where he talked about his first book, which he wrote with his daughter, Liana, and illustrated by his son, Bennett. My dad is an alcoholic. What about me? Mark then went on to write a second book with his daughter, Liana, Alcohol, Drugs, and You, A Young Person's Guide to Avoiding Addiction. This is where he specifically targeted this book with his daughter on children, helping them avoid substance abuse. His goal is providing copies to nonprofits and public schools around the country, and he'd love to do it around the world. Mark is joining us today to talk about a different subject, talk about the growing epidemic that is facing not only the U.S., but many nations around the world, and that is the use of opioids. So welcome back, Mark. It's great to have you again. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah. So let, let's start out um, a little bit simple, because I have to admit, I had to do a little reading myself on this subject. Um, for our listeners, can you explain exactly what is an opioid? Yeah, it's um, it is a uh, either a synthetic or an actual drug from a uh, from a plant from uh, from an opiate poppy, opium poppy that's. Uh, um, been around for thousands of years. Uh, society has been using it as a as a painkiller, and unfortunately, as something to abuse for uh, for thousands of years. And we'll talk about it later. But it's uh, it's been our country's main uh, main source of uh, pain treatment. Um, you know, for for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes, just to help me and help our listeners a little bit, because I, sometimes I hear two words out there, opioids and opiates. Is there a difference or is it the same thing? You know, there, technically there's a difference, but it's, uh, it, it's everybody's trying just to use the same term now. They're, they're the same thing. One, is te- one was technically synthetic, derived from the plant, and the other was uh, natural. But I, you know, that, I think that gave the wrong impression to people saying that heroin is, a, is natural. Mm-hmm. That's not really something that our society wanted to push. So it's they're sort of interchangeable now. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, you said they're painkillers. So how, how does this really affect the brain? What, how, how does it work? You know, it mimics, uh, it mimics some natural chemicals in the brain. Um, it's, uh, it activates certain receptors without getting too technical, but it's, uh, it sort of mimics that, uh, a, a natural neurotransmitter in the brain for some reason mm-hmm. from this plant. Um, so it fools the receptors into, uh, into thinking there's a, a natural, uh, uh, signal from the brain and, uh, that signal, uh, you know, does a few things, uh, including, uh, it helps block pain, uh, then it has some negative side effects. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's gets into the areas of uh, movement, emotion, and uh, uh, motivation, and, and feelings of pleasure. But it's, so it's a, it's a, you know, originally intended to be a, uh, a pain uh, blocking mechanism that, mir- that mimics something in the brain that blocks the pain naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a painkiller, <laughs> okay, to put it that way. I mean, kind of, kind of quite it's, simply. It's very, somehow it, in your brain it acts as a very sophisticated painkiller with a, with a lot of other side effects. Mm-hmm. So, how how big is the opioid drug abuse today? Um, you know, it's uh, calling it an epidemic is not is not overstating it. It's uh, in the last um, in the last just in the last decade, we've seen a, a doubling of uh, people addicted to opiates. And when I, uh, you know, we're talking about pills and heroin, there's not much difference other than where you buy it. <clears throat> but for example, we've seen just in the, uh, in the U.S., you know, from like 2007, we had, you know, about 200,000 people addicted, uh, maybe closer to 150,000. And now it's, uh, it's approaching half a million. Wow. Uh, you know, so it's not just your you know, it's not just your junkie that you see on the street. You know, we're getting into the half a million uh, a million range, and uh, you know, you, you don't have to <clears throat> you don't have to drive far to see the effects. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these uh, Mark, these painkillers, and, and and with this epidemic, I mean, uh, you know, some of these are they're they're prescription drugs. It's not just a junkie. So, uh, what what role have the drug companies played in this? Well, I think it's pretty clear that that's why we the U.S. has a has a bigger problem than other countries is because we have, um, you know, a drug industry that, you know, is in the business of promoting its product, whether it's, um, you know, antacid products or, uh, you know, nasal sprays, they, they pay uh, representatives to go to doctors and promote the products and, and things are advertised on TVs and doctors are given gifts and awards for, uh, for prescribing the pills. And, um, you know, the, the companies that made Oxycontin and, and others are very good at promoting those. Um, you know, there's the, the maker of Oxycontin finally just recently decided to stop marketing it to doctors, but obviously the damage is, uh, uh, you know, is done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it, it, so it kind of it's it it it's like a, a cascade. So you know they 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 make the drugs, they promote them to doctors, and then I come into the drug, I come into the doctor, and I say my back hurts or whatever, and then I I get this prescription drug. And is it being more readily, you know, given out? Um, you know, yeah. have doctors increased also on in giving this out? Yeah, it's, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of doctors that are in this for, for a profit. There's a lot of good doctors, mm-hmm. but there's a few yeah. bad doctors that um, they know if they get, uh, if they get you know, a prescription uh, filled for Oxycontin. And, you know, that's the patient's going to become addicted. The patient's going to come back every month. The patient's going to get a refill mm-hmm. every month. 
Um, you know, and then we saw, and we still have it, uh, uh, prescription mills, where, um, you know, it starts to get known throughout the drug community that Dr. Smith uh, will give anybody an Oxycontin mm-hmm. prescription for just saying you have a back injury. So, you know, the addicts uh, funnel there. There was a famous one in Florida near the... Uh, near the border of Florida, and you had people from numerous states driving to this pill mill, and it was a, it was a retail center with uh, three or four doctors and three or four pharmacies in the same, in the same strip, the same strip, wow. and there was no, uh, uh, nobody got turned away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, things like that with these pill mills, that, that makes it probably a lot harder to wage a battle against than it would be illegal drug cartels or how do you see it? Well, the problem, it, it's all <laughs> difficult. The problem is now, you know, I'm here in San Diego that, um, you know, the, uh, it, let's say uh, our U.S. government banned uh, the use of uh, um, opiates, uh, prescriptions mm-hmm. of opiates. It would just flow through the border. There's ample uh, uh, pills and synthetic synthetic derivatives of the pills. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's you know, a multifaceted uh, battle we have to fight coming up through the border from doctors, uh, heroin coming through the border, um, coming from the, from the north. It's, uh, it's a very hard problem to stop now that it's everywhere. Wow. And, and do you think the press is giving this enough attention? Um, I, I mean, I don't read a really lot about it, but um, maybe I'm sitting in Europe and maybe in the States you're seeing more. No, certainly. We, I think, it's, I think it's, it's very well covered now in the last mm-hmm. few years. You have, uh, you know, just going to Netflix. Uh, I'm sure you have mm-hmm. Netflix in Europe. Just go yeah. on Netflix and see how many um, documentaries there are on the uh, heroin and opiate epidemic. Um, you know, uh, I think in the U.S. it's very well covered on, on every network. Um, yeah, I've seen on on you know Fox and C- Fox News and CNN entire hours dedicated to it. I've invested wow. in journalism. So I think here it's definitely um, getting the coverage, and and I think one of the results is there's more pressure. Um, for, mm-hmm. for example, I mentioned the maker of OxyContin is, is finally stopping uh, the marketing. And, and I guarantee that's because of the negative press coverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Mark, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening with this. So, I mean, all of this is going on. Um, just a quick question. And does politics play a role in this at all? You know, are our government doing anything? <laughs> well, they're doing nothing. That's the problem. Uh, okay. You know, unfortunately... Um, you know, in our country, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, pressure from lobbyists and companies and, you know, trying to get anything through, uh, Congress now, uh, is almost impossible. And, you know, if, if there, if, you know, if our president or somebody had a magic wand, uh, I'm sure we ban a lot of these pills or, you know, how about this idea? You know, we have, uh, we're starting a space force or we're sending, uh, missions to Mars and, uh, there's self-driving cars. Do we really think? We can't develop a pain medicine that doesn't cause people to be addicted for the rest of their lives. Mm. Do we really think we can't develop a good pain medicine? I, I think that I think that's got to be government's role in the in, in the near future. We we got to push companies and researchers uh, and, and profits maybe to finding a pain pill that you can give your your child after you know an ankle surgery that doesn't potentially get them addicted for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Okay, Mark, we're going to take a short break now, and when we come back, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, what this epidemic is doing to our businesses and how it's affecting our workforce. Um, so, our listeners, we're talking with Mark Treitler. Mark is an author and advocate against drug and alcohol abuse in both our communities and our businesses. Mark has received a BA degree in economics from UCLA and earned both a JD and MBA from the University of San Diego. He's widely known as the foremost expert in all aspects of utility management, regulatory issues, and Mark currently serves as co-chair on the board of directors at the Utility Conservation Coalition. Uh, Mark wrote a book with his daughter, Liana, on alcoholism, and you can look at the book and go to his website under www.potatoallergy.com. You can also reach out to Mark on Mark Treitler on LinkedIn. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership development and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America is supported by MailJet, the leading email service provider for teams. MailJet's new collaboration toolkit is the Google Docs for emailing, letting teams collaborate on templates, campaigns, all in real time. Go to hello.mailjet.com forward slash voice to try MailJet Premium for free and see how teams around the world collaborate on email. That's hello.mailjet.com forward slash voice. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Border, and today we are talking with Mark 
Treitler, advocate for preventing both alcoholism and drug abuse in our families, communities, and businesses. Mark received a BA degree in economics from UCLA and earned both a JD and MBA from the University of San Diego. Mark is also the author of two books. First book he wrote with his daughter, Liana, and was illustrated by his son, Bennett. My dad is an alcoholic. What about me? And a second book he did with his daughter, Liana, Alcohol, Drugs, and You, A Young Person's Guide to Avoiding Addiction. And the second book is focused on helping young people understand substance abuse. But today we're talking about a, a different kind of abuse, Mark. We're, we're talking about opioids. And um, in the first segment, we, we kind of took a, a, a bird's eye view of what's going on. And we, we talked about it as an academic in probably in the United States and also in Europe and probably across the world. Um, so with this kind of epidemic, Mark, l- let's talk about this abuse in relation to the corporate world. Um, I read something according to the Society of um, Addiction Medicine, opioid abuse costs employees approximately $10 million from absenteeism and lost productivity. What are you, what are you seeing happening in the corporate world? Well, it's, I think every time you get that you know study on those numbers, they go up. Um, it's uh, not only absenteeism, but uh, but treatment and, and injuries. Uh, it's in the it's in the billions of dollars. Um, just treating uh, yeah, there was a study just treating uh, addiction and, and and direct causes for employers went from like you know. $300 million to close to $3 billion uh, in the course of, uh, in the course wow. of just 10 years. Um, so it's just, it's staggering. It's, it, you know, it's, it, it's doubling and tripling every few years and it's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. And do you think employees have an understanding of, 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 of how deeply this is affecting their businesses? No, they have no idea. And, yeah, you know, I'm an expert in this, and uh, you know, I I help run a company with 1,600 employees, so um, you know, it, it's hard for me to to recognize. You know, there, there's so many people. You, you know, it's uh, the, the people that really fall down. Um, you know, badly, it's uh, it's easier to recognize. But in terms of who's actually abusing uh, opiates, um, it, it's it's almost impossible unless they're sitting next to you all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my, that was my question on, on signals because I, I mean, if you're talking about other drugs, if you're talking about maybe marijuana or cocaine, I mean, marijuana you might be able to smell it. Cocaine, maybe somebody's walking around the office sniffing all the time. Okay, yeah. um, I mean, what are the signals? There's certainly signals, and they're easier to catch. Uh, you know, farther along in the addiction, and they can. Uh, you know, if we're talking about heroin, which, uh, by the way, people that start out on prescription pills often end up on heroin because the pills run out and heroin's a lot cheaper. So, you know, covering up the arms uh, is a big one, um, especially when it's warmer. Um, mm-hmm. So if you, if you notice someone's covering, you know, wearing sleeves outside and it's a, it's a hot day, it's, uh, you might want to take note. Um, you know, the pupils uh, uh, constrict a little bit. Um, certainly falling asleep, um, you know, heroin addicts and people uh, that are using large uh, amounts of opiates, are, are, they nod, that's the term. So they'll, mm-hmm. just, uh, they'll just fall asleep at their desk. Um, you know, it's a, you know not, not going to the normal social activities, mood swings, 
Um, you know, if you think there's something wrong and, and someone's really changing your child or your employee, that there probably is something wrong. Um, and then to pinpoint it down to, to opiates, look at those some you know look at those things uh, the, the lack of uh, lack of energy, um, you know, the pupils, and then if if you're worried about heroin, they, you know they the top place to shoot up is in your arms. So look for scars in their arms or uh, or, or sweatshirts when they shouldn't be wearing them. Mm-hmm. And and with this with this addiction, um, and we'll go to come back to absenteeism and and productivity. So, are these people? Are you seeing? You know, you know they don't come into work, or they're late to work, or or are these also some of the signals? Because they talk about absenteeism as one of the biggest costs. Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, the absenteeism is way up. Uh, you know, I think a study I saw so showed it's you know two to three times. Uh, uh, you know, more missed days than a regular employee. Um, you know, if you have a, if you have an employee that suddenly starts to miss days and has a, weird excuses and you think they're weird, it, it's probably drugs. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if uh, you know, there's so many opiates now in the U.S., at least you can probably uh, you can probably assume it's opiates. Um, so if they're coming in late, if they have weird excuses, if they just don't show up, if they don't call, um, you know, that's probably just because they're passed out or they're nodding out um, and they, they can't make a phone call. So so what might seem to, you know, in the past just to be a really flaky employee, if your employee is going from non-flaky and reliable to flaky, you know, that's that's probably something we want to look at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that, that's an, an interesting in, um, indication for our, the people, our listeners who are, who are leaders and managers. And, and what about um, actually, you know, accidents, okay? Because you know, when you're on drugs, you, whether you're lifting machinery or doing anything, um, is there a higher indication that there are more accidents from this drug abuse? Yeah, there's definitely some studies on that. Um, you know, you're le- more absent-minded, you know, more likely to crash a car, uh, more likely to drop a box, um, you know, because you'll just be so out of it, your brain will go somewhere else, more likely to, to, to run into something on the job site. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you see, uh, you know, behavior and, and your employees being a klutz, uh, that when they used to not be, um, and, they, and you don't smell alcohol on them, you know, mm-hmm. it's is a, is, is a good, uh, uh, a good assumption. You know, it's sort of, uh, I would make, I'd say it's akin to someone that's drunk and, and running, running into things or, or, or dropping things and, and being absent minded, but you don't smell alcohol on them. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, opiates is, uh, uh we, we need to take a look at that. And isn't there, isn't there, Mark, this was when I started thinking about this, I, I, I started thinking about kind of the, the horse and the cart scenario. So, so if you're taking opiates, then you might have more of a tendency to be in an accident and then you get in an accident and then you prescribe opiates. Okay? So is this like a vicious circle that we're getting in? <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately it is. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, um, you know, when you're, when your drug uh, prescribed dr- pain uh, drug of choice in the country also gets people addicted, this is what you're going to get. We need we need pain pills that don't get people addicted because now when someone gets hurt, um, you know most doctors prescribe opiates and then they can become addicted to the opiates and they become more hurt. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. We need pain medicine and we need doctors 
to stop prescribing uh, opiates when it's not necessary. I've, you know, there's, there's been studies on that. There's a big study, I think, in the New York Times recently about the effectiveness for emergency room visits, um, you know, not, you know, heart surgeries, but, you know, broken ankles, you know, stitches on your head. Um, and they found that uh, in, in, you know, the vast majority of cases, Tylenol was as effective on the pain as opiates. But mm-hmm. the doctors are trained to give opiates. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, that's kind of the, the accident scenario. So we're talking a lot about blue collar, but I, I, I want to I go a little bit more to some white collar issues also, because I read, um, I think it was a professor at John Hopkins that argues that, um, that this abuse is, is quite prevalent among high level employees, CEOs, and that he argues that precisely some of the traits that make um, CEOs or uh, you know, C-suite level employees also make them addicts. Do you have any comment on that? Um, <laughs> yes, as a recovering addict and a C-suite uh, uh, executive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we do, uh, you do see that a lot where it's, um, you know, the, the brain is developed in a certain way to, you know, to be very smart and very creative, um, uh, yet also, um, you know, there's certain traits uh, that, that lead people to experiment and get addicted, um, thrill-seeking or uh, uh, experimentation or, or, you know, desire to, to calm your brain down. You, you see that a lot. Um, you know, you see that with a lot of very successful people in, the, in society, musicians and, and politicians and uh, artists and uh, yeah, on the on the uh, the executive level and, and people that are successful, it's uh, unfortunately there is a high correlation. There's a lot of very successful addicts and alcoholics that um, you know that's either their the end of their their life and career or they're able to they're able to put it behind them. Mm-hmm. And and when when the C level suite, I mean that has a completely different effect on our businesses. I mean, all right, maybe not the accident, but when when you have this abuse at that level. How is that influencing our businesses? I mean, yeah, you, uh, I mean, you, you see it all the time. You can, you know, yeah. almost, almost daily or weekly. If you read the Wall Street Journal or business journals, you'll see some uh, some high level public company executive had to resign or, uh, you know, because yeah. of drug addiction. Um, the, the, the problem is, you know, how long does that take? What damage? Um, you know, have they made with with poor judgment? Um, when you're, you know, when you're addicted to pills or alcohol or drugs, you're that becomes your first focus. Well, you know, making the right decision on a on a you know a regulatory filing, for example, uh, isn't your primary focus. You you're looking for other things. So yeah, it's uh, you know all of people's positive qualities get negatively affected when they're addicts. Mm-hmm. And I've also read that um, in the C in the C suite, there is a rapid increase among women executives. Whether if that's trying to to find their place, because I mean we still have only five percent CEOs, women trying to work their way up the ladder, or balancing, you know, careers and and executive positions. Um, ha- have you had any indication or seen anything about the increase in women? Yeah, I, I think it, my opinion is it relates a lot to stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, there's a there's a higher amount of stress on women in in the workplace, um, and uh, unfortunately for some people, um, uh, opiates and pain pills uh, they think it helps them reduce stress. Uh, they get a little bit high, they think it helps them with stress, and they can function better. And so you you might have 
male or female. I've you know I've seen it thousands of times where they're they're taking opiates uh, all day to relax, and and then in the morning, uh, and this will be another show we can talk about, but uh, Adderall. Um, and ADHD medicine is 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 one of the top abused uh, pills in our country right now. So they'll take Adderall in the morning for an upper, uh, and then uh, opiates uh, later in the afternoon at night to quote control the stress. Mm, okay, and how and at this sea level suite, staying with that for a minute. Um, you know, I've I, I've seen this also. You know, uh, the, a lot of stress out there. I've seen a, you know some colleagues popping pills from time to time. How do you how, how do they know or don't they know when they have a problem, or do people know when they have a problem? Um, it's they know, but then that part of their brain tells them they don't have a problem and to keep going. Um, so uh, they'll see uh, they'll see you know. Uh, uh, Demi Lovato on the news overdosing and they'll tell themselves well you know I'm still a successful vice president I haven't over- overdosed I don't have a real problem or to see mm-hmm. someone on the streets shooting up heroin or passed out with a needle I don't really have a problem so the addict's brain does a very good job of convincing them they don't have a problem when it's you know completely obvious on the outside mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good so Mark we're going we're gonna to take another break and um when we come back, you know, we've talked about the problems. We've talked about what's out there. I, I really want to try to focus on um, what we can do <laughs> about it. And uh, to, our, to our leaders listening out there and to our businesses, you know, how can we control this problem and what's the action steps we have to take? So for our listeners, we're talking to Mark Treitler. He's an author and advocate against alcohol and drug abuse in our communities, our businesses, and our families. Mark received a BA degree in economics from UCLA and earned a JD and MBA from University of San Diego. Widely known as the foremost expert in all aspects of utility management regulatory issues, Mark currently serves as a co-chair on the board of directors of the Utility Conservation Coalition. Mark is also an author author. He wrote two books, one book, two both books with his daughter, Leanna. The first book was also illustrated by his son, Bennett. My dad is an alcoholic. What about me? And the second book is called Alcohol, Drugs, and You, A Young Person's Guide to Avoiding Addiction. And the second book focuses on helping young people avoid substance abuse. You can reach out to Mark on his website at www.potatoallergy.com. And Mark is also on LinkedIn under Mark Treitler on LinkedIn. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we'll be right back. And when we come back, I really want to talk about how we can tackle this problem, Mark. So for that, take a break. Find 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Voice America Live Events Channel is here now. To showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event, visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America is supported by MailJet, the leading email service provider for teams. MailJet's new collaboration toolkit is the Google Docs for emailing, letting teams collaborate on templates, campaigns, all in real time. Go to hello.mailjet.com forward slash voice to try MailJet Premium for free and see how teams around the world collaborate on email. That's hello.mailjet.com forward slash voice. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. And today we're talking with Mark Teitler, an advocate for preventing both alcoholism and drug abuse in our families, communities, and our businesses. Mark received a BA degree in economics from UCLA and has earned both AJD and MBA from the University of San Diego. He is a successful businessman and attorney, and Mark himself has suffered from addiction. And that is why he is so passionate about this subject. So, Mark, we've we've talked about opioids, and we, we kind of started uh, at the beginning on trying to understand what they are and then how they're affecting our businesses. And uh, this, this whole series really started getting me thinking, and I, I have a question I want to ask you. Um, I'm thinking just in general society, you know, we've become kind of lazy. I mean, obesity is on the rise. We never walk anywhere. And, um, I, you know, I even noticed young people taking the car, not getting enough exercise, and complaining when they even stub a finger, okay? So do you think this complacency has, has added at all to us immediately grabbing to the bottle for painkillers? Yes, you're correct. I think it's two things. One, our, our, our children and our society are, are becoming weaker, you know, where, uh, what, you know, what my parents and their parents might have gone through in the Great Depression or the war, or, you know, struggling with certain things. You know, a big struggle now for kids is if their uh, remote control runs out of batteries on their video game. Yeah. 
Um, and, and secondly, so it, they're becoming weaker and, and, and you know, relying on, on things rather than just struggling you know, through a little bit of pain. And then I think everybody realized we have an instant gratification society. Um, so whether it's, uh, you, you know, Twitter or Facebook or, you know, they, they want something immediately. Uh, they want relief immediately. They don't maybe want to, you know, do the hard work of uh, um, physical therapy for their back, for example. They just want a pill or a shot, mm-hmm. or quick surgery. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's clear our society's uh, becoming, uh, becoming weaker mentally and physically and, and wanting immediate gratification. And uh, you, you think about all the situations where there's, a, where there's some pain um, and maybe a little hard work or just putting some ice on it for a couple of weeks uh, would take care of it, but they want the instant uh, relief of, uh, of pain pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's what I was thinking of because, I mean, I, I, I was thinking, uh, I went to the United States um, last year and I was in Las Vegas, okay, and I just, sure. I was just, I was just, I was amazed at, at just, you know, the amount of people riding those little carts and 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 um, a lot of the obesity there. And I was just thinking people are not physically fit. And when you're not physically fit, then you're going to have more of a tendency to be, have accidents. But I, 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 to me, I was, when I was thinking about the show, I was thinking, well, maybe that's a contribution. But you're also the instant gratification. You know, um, put some ice on it. And um, do you think obesity is also, you know, playing a role in this? Well, yeah, a couple ways. Um, Obesity leads to more injuries, certainly, Mm -hmm. back problems, uh, you know, to more uh, disability claims at work. Um, And, you know, uh, almost, uh, you know, every time somebody goes on a disability claim or gets a back injury, you know, the number one one step is put them on opiates or put them on muscle relaxants and opiates. So, uh, yeah, certainly lack of physical uh, fitness. you know, and uh, not on the uh, the obesity topic, but just just people. You know, there's a lot of lazy right. people that yeah. you know they they see others or they figured out a way. And I have a bunch of these in my family, so I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that they can get on the government dime, they can get uh, they can get on disability from their employer if they actually worked, and then they get pills for life. Mm-hmm. Then they get opiates for life to you know to treat quote their made up back pain, uh, and then it. You know, within you know, within two months, then they're fully addicted to it. Then they have to continue that cycle for the rest of their life uh, until they die, go to jail, or or go to rehab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Mark, this is not just because we're we've been talking primarily about adults, but this this isn't just an adult issue, oh. is it? It's oh. also to do with children. It's a it, massive problem in uh, in high schoolers and young adults. Mm-hmm. Massive. It's uh, it's probably the fastest growing uh, thing that teenagers get addicted to. And, uh, and how do they get the pills? <laughs> from the parent first from the parents' medicine cabinet. So parents mm-hmm. that don't lock your your opiates in your medicine cabinet, you might as well just leave a gun on the table. I tell parents that all the time. If you're going to lock your loaded gun, you better lock your your opiates because opiates kill more teenagers than guns by a lot. Um, so their parents' medicine cabinet, you know, their neighbors' parents' medicine cabinet. Or from their friends. Uh, you, you can go to any high school right now, and, and somebody's selling opiates, uh, and they can get it from you know their their eighty year old grandma or from the cartels that are bringing it up. Um, and, and then what you see is the the progression from all these kids. It, it, it's the same. It's the pills. They start liking it. Then they get addicted. Then they run out of money. Then they turn to heroin. That, that's that's uh. like 
And then when you turn to heroin, um, you're, you're, you can't work. You're nodding out too often. So you're, you're resorting to uh, desperate measures to get money. The women prostitute themselves. Some men prostitute themselves. And men and women start stealing from the parents and other people they know. It's, it's the exact same story all across our country. Wow, that that is really scary. Is. So, Mark, let's talk about what we can do about this, okay? I mean, how can we start to control this problem in general? Well, you know, there's there's several things. I, I think uh, for employers, and, and again, I am an employer. I think one thing uh, uh, to look at is drug testing, whether mm-hmm. or not you think it's intrusive or not, uh, or your state allows it. You want to go through your your legal department, but look at drug testing. Just the, uh, the fear of getting caught at work is a huge deterrent for people using drugs. Um, if you're a parent, um, you, you want to start teaching your kids early about these, uh, about these potential issues. And I mean 11, 12, and 13. Um, this is some resources out there. That's why we wrote our book. Um, yeah, our book is written for, for kids of that age. Um, and then we could take an entire uh, you know, five-day show on what the government should be doing. Um, <laughs> You know, I, look, one thing, uh, there, there was a war in the 1800s about opiates. It was the opium war. So mm-hmm. something they used in the 1800s for pain and to get high, you're telling me in uh, 2018 we haven't developed a pain uh, regimen, a pain pill that doesn't get people addicted, you know, 80% of the time. Uh, I think that's a, a big failing in our society from, from you know, a lot of factors, politics and drug companies, and, and there's too much profit to want to do something else. Yeah, uh, on the drug testing, Mark. Like, just to, to to ask you about that because I mean, a lot of these are prescription drugs. So, on the drug testing, I mean, how do you know, you know, if they're addicted, or do you think it's just the fear of being tested, or how does that help? Um, well, uh, for, first of all, there's a, a lot of the, the pill addicts turn to heroin, so that, that's okay. something uh, that will you know, may, hope maybe slow down that cycle. Um, if you get opiates or other, other prescription drugs in your drug test, you can certainly, uh, you know, you got to talk to your legal department, but you, you can certainly bring them in and ask what it's for. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know I got the real addicts, um, you know, that once they get past their, uh, their quote, injuries, uh, it, they usually run out of doctors that will get them, get them pills, and they're just buying it off the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe you're right. Maybe, uh, the, you know, the first few months or few years that, you know, somebody has a legitimate prescription from their back, but there's a lot of addicts that are past that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've seen some uh, high schools in the U.S. start to, to, you know, do mandatory random drug testing. Um, which I think is fabulous. The fear of your parents knowing that you're using opiates or marijuana or alcohol is uh, is a huge step. And I, you know, my my company uh, where we can, we do random drug testing. Um, and I think that that's one of the uh, you know, it's hard to control what people do, but mm-hmm. if you're giving them the fear of losing their job, um, yeah. you know, that's that's a legitimate fear for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's a really good point. And what about the kids? I mean, what, what you know? Uh, how, how do you talk to them about this um, at home? You wrote two books with the, with your your daughter Liana. Yeah. Um, what would you suggest to the to the parents out there? Yeah, and, and first of all, use use our book as a resource. It's a, it's a nonprofit, so it's not me, uh, uh, you know, hawking our book. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you have to talk about. You have to talk to them about peer pressure. Um, prepare their prepare them for peer pressure what we suggest is you um, identify a family member or a close family friend that they can go to 
when there's peer pressure, it's not necessarily the parent, but have, you know, Aunt Sally, who's, who's really cool and your daughter can talk to, have that set up in advance. Um, you know, we give, uh, we give some uh, built-in excuses for peer pressure that kids can use. Um, you, know, you know, making them aware of uh, potential uh, familial risk. Uh, you know, some kids are, can be five to 20 times more likely to become an addict just by, you know, taking opiates for, uh, you know, as little as a week. Make sure they know these mm-hmm. things, that it's not just some pill that somebody gives them. Um, you know, educate them like our, ki- like our parents did for us uh, about safe sex and the birds and the bees and, and AIDS in the 80s and 90s. If you're not talking to your kids about drugs and alcoholism and addiction and opiates, uh, you, you're not doing your job as a parent. It's not, it's not the school's uh, responsibility, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And and as far as the government is concerned, um, you talked about you know trying to to do more testing and more research also. And um, and what what about the schools though? I mean, do you think there should be more educational programs on this, or are there already? I'm not totally familiar with it, uh, what's going on. In the last ten years, it's it's increasing. Where we'll see in the they call it home life, or some other you know when they're talking about the birds and the bees. And mm-hmm. we do see a higher um, percentage of schools talking about drug addiction uh, and alcoholism. It's, uh, it's getting better. It's certainly not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, again, parents, don't leave that up to your kids. Yep. Maybe, you know, when they're going to a party, meet them at the yep. door when they come home. Smell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you know the parents uh, that are hosting the party. Uh, call mm-hmm. the parents. Uh, be a nosy parent, as we say. If they're going to somebody's house for a pool party like my 17-year-old did yesterday, make sure you know who the parents are or call the parents. Hey, is mm-hmm. it all there? Is it going to be supervised? you got to do your job because we were all teenagers once, and we know, um, you know, we know the free spirit of being a teenager and the influence of our peers. Mm-hmm. Good. So, we're, Mark, this has been really, really interesting and educational. Thank you so much. And we're getting towards the end of the show. So just if you had one tip for um, the business leaders out there, what would that be? <clears throat> pay attention to your employees. Have, have your team leaders, uh, you know, pay attention to, to behavioral changes, uh, mood swings, absenteeism, falling asleep on the job. People becoming uh, uh, reliable, the flaky. Um, you know, th- there's a point where the employer uh, can do something before it's too late. Try to be that employer. Try to be the employer that, that saves somebody before they flush their life away. Um, you know, be proactive about it. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure with, with the statistics out there, Mark, also, we probably have a lot of people who have a problem listening to us today. And if you had a message for them, what would that be? You can't stop on your own. That's the message. Um, you have. You can't stop on your own. I couldn't, and I'm really successful in everything I put my mind to. I put my mind to trying to, to quit, uh, you know, quit alcohol for, for 10 years, and I, was, uh, I had a 0% success rate. So if you think you can stop on your own, if you think you can be a, a social drinker or a social, uh, if you think you can use opiates uh, as prescribed at some point in the future, you can't uh, get help. Um, because it just gets worse over time and you're going to end up, you know, in, in jail um, or dead uh, or, or, you know, homeless on the street. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being with us today on this really, really important subject for all of us. Okay? 
And uh, for our listeners, we have been talking to Mark Treitler. He's an advocate against alcohol and drug abuse. Mark received a BA in economics from UCLA and earned a JD, an MBA from the University of San Diego. He's widely known as the foremost expert in all aspects of utility management regulatory issues. He's a successful businessman and attorney, but Mark was also is also a function was also a functioning alcoholic and has struggled with addiction himself and therefore that's why he feels so passionate and has shared this information in his story with us today you can reach mark on his website at www.potatoallergy.com or on linkedin under mark treidler also pick up his books he wrote two books both with his daughter liana the first uh, book my dad is an alcoholic what about me was also illustrated by his son, Bennett. And the second book, Alcohol, Drugs, and You, A Young Person's Guide to Avoiding Addiction. And this is especially geared towards helping young children, or young people, avoid substance abuse. And I would really recommend you getting this book. And his goals, Mark's goals, are providing copies to nonprofits and public schools. These are nonprofit uh, ventures here, and he tries to provide them around the country and would also love to provide them on the world. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thanks, Kimberly. I appreciate it. So our listeners, I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and we have a range of great guests on this series, and I'm happy to have come join you at your event and talk to you about my global experiences and how to grasp some of the changes we're talking about. Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020 and Ponytail Talk, Executive Coaching for Women. We provide leadership training, systemic team coaching, coaching certification, and motivational speaking and more. If you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. Also, like us on Facebook at Leadership Beyond Borders Ponytail Talk, on LinkedIn under Kimberly Lewis, and on Twitter under Kimberly J. Lewis. Each week, we have a story, a leader, and a business issue for you to listen to. And as we wrap up today... I'd like to just reiterate what Mark said. If you're a business person out there, please be aware. Look at what's happening to the people. Look at, pay attention to your employees and help them. And if you're having a problem yourself, find help. And with that, please tune in to us next week again on Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.